Koutou katoa nau mai piki mai ki te pūtahi. Ko Kingi Gilbert tōku ingoa, he uri a hau no Tainui Tarawa, a me toko maruaka. Me we tui giling and we have a chance to catch up with Tāmoko Ormsby who's going to share with us some whakaro on the circular economy. And pipiri ki a papa tu anaku. Kia ora whānau, we're back with Tāmoko. Tēnā koe, Tāmoko, pēhi ana koe. Hai ana, kia ora kōrua, kia ora koutou katoa. What you been up to, Tāmoko? We had you episode one, episode two. What have you been doing in between, bro? We missed you here on Te Putahi. <laughs> well, and uh, just opening and leading into our kaupapa, Pipiri Kia Papa Tuanuku, as a lead into Matariki. And then uh, at the same time, we were working on another kaupapa in the circular economy, which I'll speak to uh, later on in our quarter. But yeah, it was all full on. How's the whanau? How's Waimirirangi? Uh, no, my Midirangi is good. Um, me and her are based here in Naruawahia, uh, still with my uh, kuya. We were able to be with her during COVID, um, which was good to be able to look after her at that time. Mm-hmm. And the whanau are doing good. Our kaupapa for Pipiri Kaupapa Tuanuku this year was um, because of all the things that were happening around with COVID and around the world, we thought, oh, we'll just focus on our whanau. And um, yeah, so they got their compost going. Got a little bukashi system on, and they're uh, eating titi. So, also, can you give us our whanau out there who have a, not familiar with pipiriki a papa a bit of a bit of an overview? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I heard that word. Uh, bo, what's that? Bokes. Um, bukashi. Yeah, maybe talk about that too. Choice. Uh, so our kaupapa, Pipiriki Papa Tuanuku was started by uh, my beautiful wife, Waimirirangi Omsby, and uh, myself as a kaitautoko. And essentially, uh, the kupu Pipiriki Papa Tuanuku comes from the lunar calendar uh, month of Pipiri, of June. But the word itself, Pipiri, means to keep close to or be close to. Uh, uh, during the winter time, you know, that's what you do. You go home and Pipiri tahi a be close as a whanau. So the Kaupapa Pipiri Kia Papa Tuanuku is about during the month of June, how can we be closer to Papa Tuanuku? And how we realise that in our Kaupapa is we've got nine actions that Fano can take on for uh, from one Rakonui to another Rakonui, that's one lunar cycle. And those are actions how you can be closer to Papa Tuanuku. And um, at, really at the end of the day, it's about how do you look after your pepeha, your mona, your wai. Um, through small actions. So yeah, that's a little bit about the kaupapa. So some of the actions were uh, recycling. Uh, uh, yeah, recycling, um, changing parts of your diet, um, reducing plastic, uh, you know, single-use plastic waste like straws and those things that you'll be using for, you know, maybe just a minute before throwing away. And one of the big ones for me, being from Waikato, is, uh, you know, you know, Waikato te awa, uh, to tātou tūpunawa o okonei, to awa. Um, and one of the biggest impacts on that is, the, uh, you know, the pollution from uh, many sources, but one of the most prominent things in Waikato is uh, the runoff from, from farming. So uh, how do we minimise our uh, contribute to that, uh, contribution to that cycle? So by going meat-free or dairy-free for a month, you can, uh, you know, just have a little bit of a, shift in the way you think and how you connect it to the way our, our, our uh, thrives, Mickey. Um, another one was well, the word I mentioned earlier as the composting, so dealing to our kai waste. And there's many ways we can deal to it. 
ones you can give your kai to if you've got some pigs or even just dogs or chickens. Um, other whānau have composts. Um, you know, you can bury your kai scraps into the garden. And another way is bokashi. And bokashi is a yeah. system. When you don't have a big garden to use, uh, what you can do is, oh, just Google bokashi, really. It's these two buckets. <laughs> Two buckets, uh, one on the top has holes in it and then you can put your kai scraps in there and they can ferment over time and then you can bury them into your, um, to your garden. And so the, the kaupapa behind that is to, to minimise the amount of kai waste that's going into the landfill. And so to, yeah, minimising that, you've got koira, mm. koira etihi, pito pito kōrero. <laughs> ah, kia ora. Kia ora, kaitiaki tanganera, ai. Ai, ai. Um, mm. And kaitiaki tanga is practiced in many ways, many different ways. Mm. And that's mm. a bit of a heavy, heavy kupu itself. So we just try, for our, for our month of pupiri kapapa tuanuku, we just try find small ways. So you could be a kaitiaki by uh, choosing a reusable coffee cup instead of getting a takeaway one and throwing it in the rubbish. You can be a kaitiaki by taking uh, your own container to get your lunch and fill it up instead of getting a polystyrene container or when you have a kai as, uh, as you know, go out for lunch with your work colleagues, take some takeaway containers with you, take some ones from home so that you don't have to use their uh, plastic or polystyrene ones. So those are the little little parts of kaitiakitana. Yeah. And our hope is all those small actions will create a collective impact. Uh, um, Tamoko, how do you ensure that the whānau keep up those practices, not just in, in June? Um, so we can't, uh, if we look at the kaupapa of te reo Māori and uh, te reo revitalization, you know, you've got kaupapa such as kura reo, where whānau can go and be fully immersed in the kaupapa, and um, te wiki o te reo Māori, where you can, reo Māori is all around you. And what, what happens is, you know, well, for me, our personal experience is you go in and you go, go into the kaupapa and you pump and then when you leave you kind of you know you lose you go off track a bit and you come back in so the kaupapa being one month is about getting that first um you know initial peak and for whanau to keep going we really want in that month thing to start asking themselves questions like oh man where does this come from or oh man how do i how do i do this or man, it was hard as to go without meat. What else can I do? So those questions are what we, you know, what we think, what will help whānau to continue on their journey. Because once you open up the big Pandora's box of what's happening, it's hard to look away. So our mates have said, man, I wish we didn't do um, PKP, the shortened version for PPD Kapapatunuki. I wish we didn't do PKP because now when you walk in the pack and save, we see all the plastic, everything, and we're going, oh, we know where it goes now. It goes into the whenua. So it's just about that initial shift in the mindset and then trying, you know, trying to get Fano to ask those questions. And we hope we can provide some answers, but there's heaps of communities out there that can provide some answers, like our Parakore Fano and a few other champions out there. So, mm. Mm. Aye. Awesome. We, oh, we had a good um, session on Kai Sovereignty. Was that last week? Last uh, week. Mm. It's kind of, you know, similar, circular, you know, put composting, um, what you put into your soil, what you put into your body. And mm. that's a similar, similar kaupapa, but yeah, all related. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Kaitiaki koe. 
e kupu hohonu raua tērā. Mm, hohonu nera. <laughs> he Māori noa, I'm just the Māori from Waikato oh. trying to look after my pepeha. I think that's oh. um, how I would sum it up. Ni haru hoki, brother. Yeah. Just, just in our own little taiao, you know, the part oh. of the taiao, because there's, you know, ngā kaitiaki o te reo, ngā kaitiaki o te tikanga, ngā kaitiaki o ngā taonga tukuiho, ngā taonga puoro o te kapahaka, and it's yeah. our little part. Um, See, we try and just stay, stick to our lane, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, Tamako, um, how do you think, what, what, what's your impression of the health of the awa as a, as a kaitaki, what, as a whānau? What, what, is your, what is your thoughts on that at the moment? Um, well, the health of our awa is, is in decline, obviously. Um, you know, you've got, there's multiple levels, um, I think back in my, because my koro, when he grew up, he grew up along the awa. He, but yeah, they talked about all the stories, how the tuna used to run, how they used to go down to the awa and, you know, kahoroi ki reira. Um, just the connection to the awa was, you had the, you could get kai from it. Um, you could swim in it quite ha- happily. And, and then there was the tahawairua as well, the connection, he piko, he tanifa, waikato tanifarau. Hmm. Um, but now I think because we're not able to, get high from it as much or do as many of those things where our activities are on top of the awa more. So the wakaama, the kōpapa, that kind of activities are still pumping. And I suppose our wairua connection to the awa is still strong as well. You know, we can still go down and have a kōrero to our awa. Um, but because of the state of the, you know, the water quality and the ecosystem within it, it has diminished I suppose, ko te mauri o te awa tēnā, the mauri of our river has been impacted by the effects of, by our human, uh, human impacts on the awa. So mm. it's not to say that we can't change what, you know, change that. And I think that comes by changing what we're doing and, and our lifestyles, we can um, help, help the awa as the awa has helped us. Mm. Um, yeah. What's your karawa and kuiya say? When you're there, you know, you're doing your take, pipiriki, a papa tuanuku, and they're like, well, we used to do that anyway, but I don't know what's so different. Oh, well, it's funny, eh? Because um, my koro, he was, he, you know, he was connected to the awa. He grew up on the paddling across the awa every day to go to school. Um, but he was also at the meatworks and worked on the farm. So he did all the, all the cows and all the, um, the home kill for Koronehana. And he works in, in the, the AFCO for like, you know, 40, 50 years. So he was a part of the, I wouldn't say part of the problem, but because of the industrialized nature of agriculture, that's been a really big impact on our awa. Mm-hmm. Um, but so introducing it to my, cause my koro's passed away uh, for about eight years now. My, I, we live with my nana now and, trying to introduce the concept of don't eat butter and don't eat meat because it's good for the hour is pretty hard when you're talking to an 83 year old mm. initially but over our over the months we've been staying here and um just demonstrate oh, role modeling what it is and just trying to have those conversations she's been more more open to having that so now she's one week she said oh well i'm not going to eat butter anymore and i was going hey far out and then she said um, yeah, when, you know, when we were sick, um, my koro used to tell her, oh, don't eat any meat or dairy. Um, so all those kind of things are coming up. But anyway, she, she tried olivani as a, 
as an alternative to butter and she didn't like it. So she's eating butter again now, but hey, for <laughs> <her> little wins. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, she, a change in, it's a change in that, um, that belief. So, oh, I suppose the way we see the world. Yeah. Has she taken cream out of her diet? Oh, no. Nah, nah. Oh, well, she's actually, um, she's pretty healthy, eh? We think, because, you know, they grew up and she goes to me, hey, kakai, kakai kumaraku? I was like, yeah, hey, kumaraku. Kakai mata? I was going, no, I don't eat raw kumara. And she goes, oh, back when we were young, we used to just eat raw kai and go down to the sea. And so she's pretty, pretty healthy now. So, um, hey, I wanted to talk about the Amio circular economy. You've got some movements in there. It's mm. a, um, and systems thinking. Aitui, yeah. we've recognized there's a big change in the way we think about our system, our world. What's your whakaaro there and um, the underpinnings, the, the framework, the knowledge that underpins the whole uh, amio? Is it amio? Amio, yeah. yeah. So the kupu amio is to, um, you know, to circulate everything, you know, like the circle of life. Everything comes you know, it's used and it goes back to the whenua and it's, it's cycles. Um, the kaupapa came from, uh, and a lot of the kōrero we've been having, and pipiri kaupapa tuanuku. For that kaupapa of pipiri kaupapa tuanuku, things, you can only do so much as an individual or as a whānau. And when things get too hard and out of your control, that becomes a system issue. And one of the one of the examples is inherited waste. You know, if I try to minimise my waste in my everyday life, um, that's that's something that I can do. But then here I'm always cleaning out my nan's um, shed. You know, helping her out, and I found all these old ass mattresses. And I was like, what do you do with old mattresses other than throw them in the landfill? So that's um, then you have to look at the life cycle of that product and how it was designed, that it was designed to be linear. You know, they take the resource, they make something, and then they dispose of it in the whenua. So it's about changing that whole whakaaro and that, that, whole, that whole thinking. So looking into the products and the resources and how the system utilizes them, there needs to be, a, I think, an underpinning change in that, in that system. And that's where the up of the circular economy comes in. Because the system we live in is the is the economy, and how can that economy be circular? Pera pera te atato tupuna, like how Fano, how our tupuna, they use you know kono from harakeke, and what happens to that when it's finished? You know, the biodegrades goes back to the whenua. Mm. What happens to our plates when we're finished with them? They go to the op shop until they don't go to the op shop anymore, and then they maybe turned into a mosaic, I don't know, go to the landfill essentially. Mm. How can we create products and use resources more intelligently so that they can be um, reused or repurposed or recycled indefinitely? Koira te kaupapa or, mm. or, you know, the circular economy. So Amio is about how do we bring Māori, whānau Māori commun- community um, into that space, you know, there's all these industries that are making what have you know um, creating innovative products and all of that, but it's very distant from our from our whanau, from from Maori. So how do we bring our Maori communities into that space so that we are part of the discussion? Yeah, so koira te kaupapa or amio. Oh, um, so how does technology fit into that system thinking? Hangaro. 
technology technology has provides heaps of um i suppose opportunities but it's also an issue because technology itself represents i think 70 percent of the toxic waste that goes into landfill so that is a that is a waste stream that we have to sort out and the technology you know our, our rate of consumption of technology is so rapid we need to make sure that those products the hardware side is developed so that it can be can circulate but the software side you know the information and the data that that comes with it is i suppose that's that's what's empowering and what needs to happen is the data needs to be interpreted in, in a way that is meaningful for whanau um, when we talk about for example climate change and they talk about you know carbon emission and tons of carbon going into the air or sequestered into trees and soil doesn't really mean much at that level and there needs to be a, an interpretation or translation of 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 that data that comes from you know what technology allows us to have access to where our kaupapa of Pupiti Kaupapa Tūnuku tries to sit is, you know, these actions that, you know, also, you know, minimise the amount of greenhouse gas emissions and all of that, but they also allow you to tiaki, you know, your pepeha, your mana, your wairora. Um, so they kind of go hand in hand. So, yeah, that's, that's where I think technology is. So it's, it's, it's awesome, the information and the data that it, it allows us there, but it just needs to be interpreted in a way that is meaningful for Māori and it can only happen if Māori are a part of those discussions. All right, so we've got a little video here, just some wrap-up of uh, some of our episodes. We've got uh, clear differences in value orientations among Māori, even now, after all these years of colonisation and attempted assimilation. Social, technological. That's what we're working on now as opposed to a SWOT analysis, strength, weakness, opportunities and threats. That, that, we throw that out. They're a waste of time. There's the tapu space, there's the noa space, there's a lot of things that we take into consideration, um, even though it might just be whakangau puaka. <laughs> so I think it, it can be difficult for whanau to navigate that system. And, um, and I think actually within our own, my experience is that we have a lot of mātauranga already within our own whānau and within ourselves actually and within um, our own networks. This system is designed to cut out the very people that would vote out the powers that have ruined Papatuanuku and over and over again neglected the same group of people. For the most part in Te Ao Māori and Indigenous, other Indigenous worlds, it's the collective. The collective is actually at the forefront. You know, uh, Te Reo Māori is a, is a collective taonga, it doesn't belong to any one individual. Same with Papa is about whānau. It's not about um, capitalism. I think the concepts of capitalism is one based on an individual paradigm. You know, what are the things that, and the things that helped our tūpuna are the same things that are helpful for us and how, you know, even in these modern contexts, how can we draw on those things? There's this idea of capitalism, of neoliberalism that we mm. should be exploiting our whenua and our people as much as possible and individualizing uh, the problems, individualizing the profits to try and get, a, get ahead of everyone else. Some people pointed out the real issue that, well, they're actually bound by American laws yeah. and, 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 and those are enforced upon them. And so technically America could extract indigenous data 
um, that's stored in Microsoft servers in New Zealand, right? And right, because when you when you're mining data and you're sending it down one way, right, and the and the data traffic's all in one direction, the only information flows just heading to Wellington or it's heading to some private company. Keep doing that long enough, and it begins to smell like surveillance. Um, but often we have been um, distanced from the control or having any authority or mana over that data. And so it kind of sits within repositories that are controlled by crown agencies. And the only way in to exercise any sort of our inherent rights and interests over our data resources is through very sort of often very sort of watered down consultative mechanisms. That's where that whole reciprocation and tautu of taio and tangata works because you're putting back into the taio and you're feeding things that are essentially mm. going to come back around and feed you. So it's it's that whole um, rhythm of the of the ngahere. What were your memorable points, Tui? You know, we talked a lot about um, survive, revive, thrive. So from a survival perspective, I think the one that really probably hit me quite a lot was the Māori tourism operators because that was actually, as I said, that wasn't a pivot. They actually had to do a complete 360 um, in, in their business model. But at the end of the day, it was also, they talked a lot about their, their it was their whānau and their contribution of their whānau to their business that has actually given them strength to go and actually relook at their, their, their purpose and their um, next steps. So um, a lot of it was also about you actually know the answers yourselves and it's actually about extracting those answers because that's the strength that you have and the strength-based approach. So lots of different things for different reasons, but uh, I did like the system thinking, kai sovereignty, circular economy, Moirauros um, hunting—they um, were great episodes from a kind of systems thinking perspective. So, hard to pick what's you know. That survival was really interesting. Just thinking um, of Fano Apanui in particular, you know, the Hokainga there forming Apanui world. That was, that was an awesome co-papa, you know, Moirauros there, you know, just the Patakas, the Ngahire, or the Moana, you know, and that's the just Maidano. Yeah, that was how it was back in the day and it still is the same and it was uh that was cool for me to hear that those uh ways our grandparents and even our komatua and our great-grandparents were is still still the the method today that was yeah i love that part of that all. oh no it was just cool to see the lineup the spread of um you know was cool to see the the range like you got Fakara like Anzella being on there, and then you got um, you know Wetini, and then you got these the two rangatahi who are pumping in the climate space, and oh, it's just cool. Then you got Indigenous sovereignty, our Fanonga from Hawaii, and mean the breadth of Kōrero from across generations. I think I'm um, just on that. It was really good to hear the plurality of Māori voices, although we do have some collective diversity, um, but you know we all contribute in different ways. So I thought that was across all the episodes. There's that sense of kaupapa Māori and, you know, everyone there was really on the kaupapa, eh? uh, helping to advance our people, our world, our values, our language forward. My, my mother talks about kaupapa Māori and Māori kaupapa and ensuring the, I suppose, the integrity of what you're delivering is Māori and it isn't something else that has been given a Māori cover. 
Any other final thoughts? What, what about for the future? What's your focus, uh, Tui and Tamoko? Probably first and foremost, we've got elections coming up, eh? So making sure that uh, our, my generation and the generations below me have their, have their voice to make sure we, at the end of the day, the decisions are made in government for how our, how our country is going to be run. So we need to make sure we make a good stand as Māori. It's about how do we scale up our kaupapa and how do we not just rely on that top level to also, you know, to create change, but start from the bottom up and create kaupapa like uh, pipiri kaupapa to anuku or amio and empower other kaupapa to keep pumping um, so they can kind of meet in the middle. Um, yeah, agree. Election is coming up. So I'm hoping, yep, our whanau and our young ones get out and vote. So all that civil democracy stuff. I'd really like to see, I think there's been quite a shift during COVID. That's what I feel. But it's actually, I also feel that with the pressures of um, Western ideology and, you know, going back to our old habits, we could slip into those quite easily. And I really hope that our whanau can keep up those practices that they learnt around self-sufficiency during COVID and keep them going, just like what you were talking to today a bit about tamoko. Um, and actually, I think that's quite exciting. I do think all this stuff around kai sovereignty, all the system stuff, and um, having our own perspectives um, in that space is really important. Obviously, a big one, I think, is going to be climate change as a take, um, and how... COVID is actually should make us be thinking about our environment and our, and climate change in a different way. And I hope that that tucking in particular is continued because that is, you know, real, that's about future proofing ourselves in that space. Mine are Papa Tuanuku and Tangaroa Tane Mahuta have this beautiful regenerative ability. You know, when you have a, a mara, your mara kai, those plants grow, you know, and I'm interested in how we can totoko our atua, our wild Māori, you know, our, our forests, our lands, to be these strong regenerative systems. Um, instead of, I used the word linear before, tamoko, instead of extracting, extracting, extracting all the time, because that's only going to go so far before it gets too podi or, you know, kua ma, you know, kamate. So we got to, you know, be careful. And for us, for me, it's in an, a an home and a small footprint. You know, there's that whakatauki, ahakoa heeti he paunamu. I mean that in the context of just my whare, just my garden, how much water we use, how can we circularise our mini whānau economy, you know? Adopt those pipiri kia papatuanuku concepts every day um, so we can help the whenua regenerate, help the awa regenerate. And that means politically being uh, challenging those concepts which are linear and extractive and you know there, there's no toe to to enough thing work on that kaupapa work with the whenua work with the tangaroa work with the you know instead of uh, extracting mm. yeah. Um, that's a tungikura from Tafio, um, talking about, you know, I'll fashion my, my house, my whatever that house may be, out of, not out of kauri, out of tōtaro, out of kahikatea, the, the most strongest woods, but I can make it out of 
whatever resources I have available. And I will, um, my people will become resilient and they will survive from the, the fruits of the ringaringa and, and the kawariki. Uh, so that's just speaking to becoming resilient as communities and as Māori using whatever resources you have available through whatever means uh, necessary um, to ensure the, the well-being of our whānau. So koina te whakatauki e whakakopani tēnei te renga o te pūtahi. Kia ora. Thank you very much whānau for tuning into te pūtahi. Had a fabulous time. Stay tuned. Kia ora. Mm-hmm.